and welcome to the Glossy Beauty Podcast, our weekly show where we discuss the future of the beauty and wellness industries with the people who know them best. I'm your host, Priya Rao, beauty editor at Glossy. And today's guest is Rob Robillard, the Vice President of Integrated Beauty at QVC and HSN. In this episode, we talk to Rob about QVC's first beauty bash in nearly a decade, the introduction of its private label brand, Carmody Beauty, and how these legacy retailers are shining a spotlight on clean beauty. Hope you enjoy the episode. Rob Robillard, the Vice President of Integrated Beauty at QVC in HSN. Welcome, Rob. Thank you so much, Priya. It's great to be here. So, Rob, you're not the classic beauty consumer. How did you find yourself <laughs> in this space? You know, that's true. Although I think of myself as a classic beauty consumer some days. But, you know, I fell in love with the beauty category now 20 plus years ago. Um, and um, I think my first love came uh, when I got to meet my mentor, who is Carol Hamilton, uh, who is at L'Oreal. And I met her on a you know brief afternoon interviewing and she was so passionate about the category that it made me fall in love and you know since that first day that first chance meeting you know I've just been in love with it and what I've always believed about men in this category is you know it's so important to listen to the consumer and when you're not the consumer itself, it requires you to maybe listen even more intently than you ever would before and so I've always valued, um, you know, the opinions of others, the research, um, your friends and family, uh, anyone around you who could provide some good insight into what's going to work and not going to work. So I feel like being a, a man in this category, you almost like have to open your brain a little bit harder to listening than maybe you might if you were, in fact, a consumer. So it's served me pretty well over 20 years and serving me well at QVC and HSN as well. So um, it's been a great, great journey. So, Rob, the customers obviously changed a lot in the last 20 years. So when you arrived at QVC and HSN about a year and a half ago, mm -hmm. tell me what you thought your focus would be. You know, it was really all, to me, I felt like there was just so much opportunity. It really started with prioritizing. Um, and I know we're going to talk about a lot of things today, but it really was, you know, here was a platform that I felt was so powerful when you think about the idea that today women are so engaged with storytelling. Um, they want narratives. They want video content. They want demonstration and ed information and education in every way they think about their beauty routine. And here was QVC and HSN, a platform designed around that idea, um, made me really excited on how we tap into that and do it in a really modern and different way. Um, and so it was just about thinking about the things that we do really well in our superpowers and then the opportunities that we could throw on top of that to make ourselves a really modern, exciting, dynamic beauty retailer, both for our core existing customers, which we love dearly, and for new customers that are coming up uh, you know, the age pipeline and ready to sort of enter into our platforms too. So there's been a lot of change recently. What can you tell us that have been kind of top of mind? Oh, my gosh. You know, I think, um, you know, we've had a huge focus over the last uh, year and a half around, you know, thinking about the assortment differently. So we've been focused really on uh, national brands and making sure we have uh, those for our customers, which is really great. Um, one other initiative is our proprietary brands. Um, you know, this was something I felt very passionately about as a product developer myself at heart. 
um, and who's designed a number of brands outside of QVC and HSN. I really wanted to think about how can we create a really differentiated experience for the QVC and HSN customer. Um, and we're still out there on the lookout for the next It Cosmetics, the next Bare Essentials, the next Philosophy too. So we've kind of tried to balance our assortment by looking across um, each one of those. We've also focused really heavy on digital. Um, you know, we know as a company, we do the majority of our business today through our websites and our mobile applications. And so I've been thinking a lot about how do we drive digital first mentality with our brands? How do we actually think about digital only brands, which is something maybe we've never done in the past? Um, and really um, kind of pushing that on that front. And then, you know, we've really thought about how to connect better with the customer. And, you know, experiential marketing is such an important part of today's environment. And, you know, while we speak to her every day through our website and digital and mobile and on the television, you know, we've not for many, many years ever had a chance to sort of interact with her one-on-one. -on -one. So making sure we're really relevant in, in that space um, as well, too. How is something like the Big Fine, which is part of um, QVC and HSN, um, you know, kind of incubating talent, but also Harkening back to what you guys have always done. Yeah, so it's f funny. So we're introducing the big find. Um, it's really an opportunity for us to get on the road and find the next great entrepreneurs and the great next idea, the next big thing that can make it on QVC and HSN. Um, we'll be launching it. Uh, it's launched now. Submissions will begin in mid-June, and then we'll be out on the road mid-August to go and find these entrepreneurs. And it's interesting. Internally, uh, this uh, next year will represent the 25th anniversary of something called the 50-50 Tour, which was QVC went to 50 states to find 50 amazing ideas um, 25 years ago. And there is this love for that event internally. People remember it as one of the one of the things that helped define them as a company. Because, you know, to me, having brands submit powerpoints or an email or a quick overview of their company is helpful. But there is nothing like sitting across the table and hearing an entrepreneur tell their story and talk about their products in a really beautiful way. And that's what makes QVC and HSN different than any other platform. You could have any product sitting there. But if you have an entrepreneur who can make it come to life in a way that our customer gets excited about, that's really the home run. And so for us, it's like kind of hearkening back to what we used to do. But to me, it's a really great way for us to continue to find these amazing people out there in the market who have great products. I can't wait. It's going to be fun. How does that kind of compare to what else is happening in beauty overall? You know, it's such a competitive place right now. So many retailers, so many brands, everybody's kind of vying for a piece of the pie. But, you know, being able to find people like this, and you know, create categories which you know are doing with Tatcha. How is that kind of um, slicing and dicing it a little bit differently than some of your competitors are doing? Yeah, I mean, I I think different from maybe our competitors. You know, we're really focused on making sure we have an assortment that really suits our core customer. You know, and and it isn't a meeting goes by that people, you know, and our core customer is over the age of forty five. Right? She's a really important woman in this market um, who has very specific needs and a lot of disposable income who's ready to spend it on beauty products. And so we are a little bit focused on that area, um, which isn't to say that we don't love brands that really bring in that older millennial that we can kind of recruit into our overall platforms. But we're really we're really looking for her, um, and you know I would say that really sets us apart from our competition, who's very focused on the millennial audience and Gen Z and Gen Y, and um, and we. We really want to make sure that all women have the chance to find really innovative and exciting products. And, and so we kind of focus on that area. So I think that helps us set us apart. How do you think that kind of teaching that woman who is a little bit older, who is a little bit on the more 
beautiful side of mature. Um, how is how is teaching her about digital and like Facebook and Instagram really working for you? Because, you know, you said like the majority of her sales are coming from, you know, e-com and obviously social. Yeah. I mean, if you were to ask a woman over 45, if she knows how to use Instagram or Facebook, she's going to tell you she knows how to do it. You know, this is not, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, uh, rocket science. And it's certainly something that women of all ages today, I would say, have really adopted and embraced. Um, and so, you know, what we've tried to do is is think about mobile and digital first as we think about content and information and how we sell products on a day in and day basis. And that's a real flip from 10 years ago. So, you know, we're thinking about the mobile experience and how that translates with product information and demonstrations and size of graphics and um, everything that she's going to experience when she's on a small um, device and then how that translates to the web and then how it translates to TV. So, we have that in mind all the time and with our core customer, which is how is she going to sort of experience our mobile app first and um, do a ton of testing around that. Um, you know, recently updating our checkout, um, doing a lot of stuff on short format. We just launched um, a new app called Q Anytime, which is basically um, you know only video content, curated video content that she can really engage in by category if she's really interested in sort of exploring video content. So we always keep her in mind as we think about new. Um, new things that would really engage her. Um, so they're all driven by her to start, and then ideally we find a technology solution that's easy for her to use. People have often compared QVC, at least from the storytelling and the video aspect, to something like YouTube. You know, it's no one else, no other beauty retailer has seemed to figure it out the same way that you guys have and are implementing those kind of tutorials and founder stories. What's that kind of like when you know you guys are on YouTube? <laughs> I mean, it's cool, right? I mean, that's, you know, we, I'd say, you know, have underutilized that platform over the last 10 years, you know, as it's emerged as a very powerful place um, across the two networks. You know, HSN has historically done a better job at, at ensuring that its content was present, QVC a little bit less so, but this year is really, um, we're putting a huge focus around it. Um, we're ensuring that the video content that we produce, which, you know, we're the number one live, you know, video content creator in the world is living on that platform. And we're also doing a lot around how do we optimize that platform to ensure that we're making sure that the edits and the videos are appropriate. Because you know what works on a television cable network is not going to work in YouTube. And we're becoming more and more savvy around what that looks like. Um, and I think you know YouTube represents a huge opportunity for us as a company as we think about the next kind of five years. When you think about experiential, you know, Beauty Bash, which is happening later this week um, in Philadelphia, is something that was another great um, experience that you guys had done years ago. Mm -hmm. Why do you think it's relevant now? You know, it's funny. I, I it, it was an incredible event that happened for about 10 years. It's been about eight years since, since we last did it. And interestingly, the reason we stopped doing it, you know, because you think about that, we were doing this almost 20 years ago, back before a beauty festival even existed. And I love, I love that there's so many of those moments about QVC and HSN that um, we have these moments where we were the first to do something. Yeah, we stopped it about eight years ago because we had more complaints because people couldn't get tickets than we sold tickets. And so we actually saw it as a bit of a negative customer experience, which for QVC is, that's it. You know, when you have a negative customer experience, we, we will stop just about any initiative we're doing. So it took a little bit of a hiatus. I think, you know, before I arrived, the team was desperate to try and find a way to scale it up and sort of think about it in a bigger way. And, you know, as I thought about the priorities, I thought it was so important to get it back on the docket again. Um, I, as a vendor for QVC back in my living proof days, was was present and I got to interact with QVC's most um, 
you know, uh, hyper-engaged customers. And it was unbelievable, the amount of information and the what they would tell you and how they shopped. It was just this super valuable um, experience. So bringing it back is about kind of rewarding our customers and saying thank you, um, which is always a great thing. But it's also about our teams and our vendors really learning what the customer wants and wh- what she's reacting to. So I can't wait to spend three days. Um, Friday night is amazing. Our top 250 spending beauty customers are coming for a VIP event um, to meet our hosts and our guests and spend one-on-one time with us. And I just can't I can't wait to hear what they have to say about what we're doing well and, and frankly, what we're not doing well. It's going to be an amazing experience. So QVC has like eight... Point one million customers, is that right? So how many are we expecting at Beauty um, Bash this weekend? We're thinking between three and 4,000 people um, will be coming over the course of the three days. And what can we kind of expect from, you know, what's different from some of the other beauty festivals that kind of exist in the market right now? Yeah, so I mean, what's great for us is the connection that customers have with the collection of our social media influencers, which are our hosts and our on-air guests. And so what this is is really an opportunity to meet one-on-one with sort of both sides of those folks. So you think about you know the QVC and the HSN uh, hosts as being sort of super connected. I mean, a lot of women who shop on on the platforms really think of you know these women as their best friends. So we're going to have them present. They're going to have a chance to interact with the crowd, have a chance to meet and greet, um, take pictures on the step and repeat, and really connect with these women that are in their household and in their homes just about every single day. And at the same time, meet the storytellers and the entrepreneurs that they've come to fall in love with. And again, interact one-on-one, have incredible experiences within their booth to get information. Um, We're doing speakers uh, series where they'll actually talk a little bit about how they got there and their journey and what that might look like. And then there's a ton of fun. So we tried to make the experience super social, super fun. So there's a ton of amazing vignettes and a lot of games and a lot of places for people to both get um, uh, their pictures taken and share, obviously, socially. That's super important to us in terms of spreading the word. And then if that wasn't enough, they will leave with a gift bag valued at no less than $600. Wow. 600 bucks. yes. So it's an incredible amount of product that was generously donated by our awesome vendors who were at the, at the event. So, uh, you know, just imagine, like, walking home with these suitcases filled with, <laughs> with beauty products. Sounds pretty good. Yeah. Um, Rob, when you think about, you know, influencers, when you talk about the – use the word influencers, whether it's your your host or the brand founders yourselves, you know, it's a very different approach than what you see at, like, a beauty con and the influencers they're bringing and, you know, or even Sephora. Like, what is your approach to influencers and what do you think is valuable and important for QVC and HSN? Yeah. I, you know, I it always to me starts with you know the customer. So if if we think about our customer first, our influencer strategy sort of comes emanates from that place. And so, you know, we really have done a lot of you know we have uh, a bunch of new folks on our talent team too. You know, we've done a ton of work recently around how do we help elevate our hosts as social media influencers, not just on the broadcast every every day, um, but we've you know. Ask them to talk about their incredible interests and their their love of whatever that is. And then talk about it through their social media outlets and really connect with the customer on a really detailed personal level. We have done a ton of work with our own social media um, uh, internal team to think about how do we elevate our, our our the vendor guests who come on and the entrepreneurs in ways that are maybe different. We do, you know, every week we do Makeup Mondays with our social correspondent and a brand really talking about tips and tricks and really emphasizing that. And then we've really gone after external influencers 
who are who our customer really relates to. Um, you know, we have a great partnership with Lauren McBride, who is, you know, a, an incredible blogger and incredible influencer. You know, who our customer really responds to, and we've we've done partnerships, you know, with her on. Um, we, we joke about the fiddle tree, but there's a fiddle tree, which is a, a you know a, a basically a. a, a artificial tree that she wrote about because she thought it was so beautiful and we haven't been able to keep it in stock um we did another partnership with with her as well on isle of paradise which is a self-tanning drops and again like our customers reactions have been so extraordinary that it's been amazing that we haven't been able to keep the product in stock so we know she's there so but we always start with who's somebody that's going to really resonate with her and that could be our host or it could be external um but always keeping her in mind how do you kind of marry that authenticity that so many of these um, beauty brands or beauty founders kind of play to their strengths, but that actually resonates with your customers? Like, how do you find what really works for them? Yeah, we're lucky. We're we're the most reactive. You know, we know instantaneously, unlike any other retailer in the world, <laughs> except for maybe some only direct uh, .com players, right? Our customer tells us immediately, and we can see the spike in sales. We can see the spike in revenue. We can see the spike on viewership. We can see the spike on conversion. We can see the spike on sessions. You know, we control so much information about the transaction and the commerce part of our business that we immediately know what she likes and what she doesn't like. It's kind of the coolest thing about our model that I love is we, we can find a great brand or we can find a great partnership with an influencer, and we know immediately that it works or it doesn't. And then we can move on, which is a nice thing, right? We don't belabor the point. If she doesn't respond, she doesn't like it, we kind of move to the next thing. And when she really responds, and we know she loves it, we push the foot on the gas and basically go for it. What's an example of something that hasn't worked that surprised you? Oh, oh geez, what hasn't worked? It might have surprised me. I mean, we have a lot of we have a lot of launches that, you know, um, indie brands that I think we have great hopes for. You know, we, you know, my team and I have a real um, sense of obligation um, for the indie brands, you know, and we, we go through really careful, rigorous screening of the indie brands because we know we're a major retailer. And so these folks are investing in inventory and guest training and on-air assets and all sorts of, um, of things. And I would say sometimes I'm shocked at something that we really all sat down and really thought was amazing that just the customer sort of didn't pick up the phone. I mean, we've done brands that had, you know, strong social media influencers that were very, you know, perfectly suited to our audience, like the right age, the right everything, the right content, you know, who we thought would bring an audience plus and, you know, didn't necessarily resonate. Um, so there's, you just never know in our model, you know, because there's, but luckily we know quickly, you know, that's, that is sort of the nice thing is we have an immediate reaction and we have an immediate read from the customer on what she, what she wants and, and what she likes and what she doesn't. So at Beauty Bash this weekend, Carmony Beauty is going to be making an appearance, which is, like you said, you know, your first move into private label beauty and also kind of bets against, in a way, this idea of this mega influencer having to start a, bla- start a brand and, you know, build that brand and speak about that brand. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So, I mean, Carmody is, a, an ex- she's a, first, she's an extraordinary person. Um, for those that watch What Not to Wear, like we all remember, certainly I do, the turn, you know, the facing her and the beautiful makeup application and the spin around and, and the tears out of women. And um, she really, you know, 
that wasn't just a, a television moment. That actually is really who Carmody is. She's somebody who really feels very deeply about bringing the best out of women and making them beautiful in a natural and, and seamless way. So, you know, for me, it was a no-brainer when I met her, and we really started to talk about the idea of partnering together on this first private label brand for QVC in that she had a point of view, and she was a beautiful storyteller who loved women um, of all ages and sizes and um, it just was magical um, the minute I met her. So she kind of met that criteria of being an incredible storyteller. And then, you know, she has an incredible point of view, which is about the five-minute face, which, you know, I immediately said to the thought about our customer again, and that is what she wants. She wants simple, easy. Um, you know, she wants to be able to do it quickly. And and Carmody's philosophy is always about five minutes for the perfect complexion, five minutes for the perfect color. And so I really um, also loved it about, um, about her. And then in terms of, you know, the good thing about our platform is we get to build her as an influencer, right? Like this is this is our opportunity. She may not be a mega influencer with 20 million followers on Instagram. She has an incredible following of very loyal women who really love her, both on YouTube and Instagram and Facebook. But we have the chance through our platforms to help really build her into an influencer amongst our audience and to bring in a lot of other people along the way. So I love the idea that we can really help build her up into something remarkable. When you think about what QVC and HS has, has done in the past with private label, I know that you know part of the fashion business, there's always been private label lines. What's been different about doing this in beauty and also kind of having to respond to customer needs and desires so much quicker than, say, in fashion? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it it's a tough capability, right? I mean, it is not necessarily um, something that everybody knows how to do. So I think the, the hesitancy in advance of my joining the company was, do we really have the capabilities to do it well? So, you know, over the last 30 plus years, um, in the fashion side of the business, they've really been honing and developing a capability around that, including full internal sourcing, full internal design, um, and done it extremely well, right? It is the vast majority of our apparel business today is only in proprietary brands, and they've done an incredible job at partnering with awesome designers, great sourcing partners, as well as the internal. So I think when it came to beauty, it really was a question of, do we have the capabilities, and is the time right to really do that? You know, you flashback. 10 years ago, you know, they probably didn't have the capabilities to necessarily be brand and product developers. But at the time, you know, the uh, level of, of competitiveness around indie entrepreneurs was much less, right? You know, Elta wasn't a player. Sephora was still probably 200 stores, maybe 150 stores. So finding these great entrepreneurs and investing behind their ideas was something probably easier than it is today when, you know, a lot of indie entrepreneur, in, indies and entrepreneurs have a lot of choices. You know, it's hard to maintain exclusivity and hard to maintain differentiation between those outlets as people are kind of wanting to build scale really quickly. Um, and so the time was right for me to say that we've got to be able to do this if we're going to succeed in this competitive marketplace. How do you think about exclusivity these days? You know, I mean, when you can, everybody kind of says the phrase, you want to be, you want to be everywhere your customer wants you to be, or um, you have to be omni-channel. How do you kind of decide, you know, what's worth investing in from an exclusive point of view or just doing it yourself, like with yeah. Carmody? Yeah, I mean... You know, I think it's it's certainly the level of energy that comes from an entrepreneur who has a startup, um, who is so passionate about their business and who wants nothing more than to make a QVC or an HSM business work is probably the most powerful thing we ever do, right? The cosmetics is of the world, this, you know, um, 
Sig Club, a skincare at HSN. These are these are entrepreneurs who started and felt so passionately about what they were doing, and then really committed to our channels in really strong ways. That always trumps everything because you get that energy that you'll never get from you know necessarily a proprietary brand. And in then in those cases where we can't find what we need, that's when to me proprietary brands really come into play. And then finding a right partner like a Carmendy to really make it come to life. Um, so we, you know, if I could find hundreds of entrepreneurs who wanted to be exclusive to QVC and HSN, I would do that in a, in a heartbeat because I think there's some great energy that comes from that. When you think about what you're doing with Carmody at Beauty Bash, kind of bringing these two major moments together, private label and experiential, why was that so important to you? Well, there's nothing, you know, to, to, to me, as I was sort of talking about what the value of this is, you know, there is nothing uh, like getting the immediate feedback on the branding and the products and the formulas and Carmody herself, like real life amongst 3,000 women. We are going to, this is a, a research project that is going to tell us a great deal about how to think about this brand, how to launch this brand, and maybe how to modify some parts of our three-year plan on what they respond to and what they don't respond to. So it was a sort of a perfect moment um, to get some feedback on the brand and the products. The other thing is that what we're trying to do with Carmody is also introduce her as a influencer amongst our audience well before the launch. So we launched digitally in August. We'll launch on air in September. So we thought a lot about how do we make her important to our customer before she is in front of them selling a product. So this is one way. We'll continue to use her as a curator to some of our summer uh, beauty tips and tricks through the course of it. She's been on our Facebook page. She's um, posted on our Instagram page. So we're trying to like introduce her in really um, amazing ways to the customer before that first moment where Lights, camera. We're ready to sell. You know, a lot of a lot of dollars on air. So it's part of a longer term plan on how we're going to introduce her to the customer. So one thing I have to ask Rob is, you know, obviously Beauty Bash is a huge play, but you know, one thing more recently, you guys worked with Create and Cultivate, and you are kind of peppering yourselves in other experiential events as well. How does that kind of balance between what you guys are doing internally and at home with mm-hmm. what others are doing? You know, I think we're trying to be as strategic and thoughtful as we can. I mean, I think there are so many opportunities to get in front of the the customer. Um, so we're, we're doing our best to not necessarily spread ourselves too thin, but do the ones where we think um, the events where we really feel like they're going to be the most impactful. So Create and Cultivate was one of those great moments where we had a chance to be present and really engage that customer. Um, it's a new and different customer, so we're kind of reaching out and being uh, in a place where maybe she wouldn't expect us or, you know, with that older millennial. Um, which was also an awesome way to reach kind of that new customer. Because, you know, we we do, while we love our core, you know, as a company, we are always out there trying to kind of tag and kind of make sure that there is an awareness level amongst um, new customers too. So when you think about that new customer, what are some of the burgeoning values that you think are important to her? You know, whether it's clean, whether it's wellness, like what are products or interests that you think that you would like to satisfy to get her more engaged? Yeah. You know, the great thing about, you know, the, customer we're trying to attract is frankly you know she is she she loves everything we do already almost everything right she loves video content we're the number one video content creator in the world she loves value which is what we're all about she loves flex pay because she wants to spread her budget she loves the beauty brands that we have whether it's Tarte or Too Faced or Urban Decay so what's interesting about our study of the older millennial and that new customer is like she loves everything about what we do 
I would say the one opportunity, which we're happy to announce this week too, is we've not really done a good job on the clean and the wellness space. You know, we um, have not had a standard ourselves. Um, we haven't uh, necessarily really focused on the assortment in that area, and we know that's really important to her. So um, this week we're actually introducing a new standard, uh, QVC Clean Beauty and HSN Clean Beauty, the same standard across both networks, that really just helps the customer figure out which brands are formulated without – um, you know, the, the ingredients that they don't want in their products um, and help her navigate that in a way which is simple and easy and truly transparent. So that'll be launching this week, which to me is a real opportunity uh, amongst that younger c- consumer. When you think about that from an assortment point of view, I mean, is it brands that the QVC and HSN customer already love, like the Tatas of the world or the Too Faced of the world, or are you bringing in newness to kind of fill that space out in a way? It's a little of both. So, I mean, we have some incredible brands that will meet the standard, and I think it's important for them to get the credit um, for having formulated in a way which is without the ingredients that consumers, you know, may question or have concerns about. Um, so, I think that's great. You know, so let's let's let you know the consumer decide where she wants to put her dollars. But with the new standard, it also enables my team to really go out there and find the best in class in this space, which is not necessarily – we haven't been able to tell this story, um, really. We haven't really defined it for the consumer. So we haven't really ever said what clean beauty means. So everybody had their own sort of view of it. Now with this standard, we can go out to that that set of brands, um, and whether it's digital only or it's something we're going to do on air. You know, one of the brands that meets the standard is a brand called Alpine Beauty, um, which is a brand-new startup um, based out of Jackson Hole. Wyoming. Beautiful brand, beautiful story, beautiful narrative. Um, they'll meet the standard, and so our customers will now know exactly what they what they formulate without, which I think is a pretty exciting thing. So, Rob, I have to ask, you know, I know between Beauty Bash and Carmen D and obviously the Clean Beauty Standard, you're pretty busy, but what else is happening with QVC later this year? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I can't even think past this week. You know, we've, you know, I, I think... Um, we have some huge, great initiatives coming down the pike. I mean, I think the opportunity for us as a, a company is enormous. Um, you know, we have some major sort of bigger initiatives that are outside just assortment that will be coming up. We'll be sure the glossy audience knows right away as soon as those come through. But, you know, we're we're focused on, again, trying to really make sure we're a great modern beauty retailer and um, ensuring that we really continue to connect closely with the customer and giving her everything she wants and she wants a lot so we got a lot to work on perfect thank you so much rob it was great having you thanks so much for having me and thank you for listening we'll be back next week with another episode a special thanks to gianna cappadona the producer of this podcast as a thank you for listening to the glossy beauty podcast we're passing along a limited time introductory offer on a three-month subscription of glossy plus Glossy Plus members have access to unlimited content, exclusive research, and more. Join today for just $49. That's 80% off by entering the code INTRO at checkout. For more information, head to glossy.co slash subscribe. We'll talk to you next week.